Let's go uh, to Galatians chapter 6. What book did I say? Galatians chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 9 and 10. Galatians 6, verses 9 and 10. Um, say, I got it when you're there, if you got it. And if, you, if you've if you got it, even in the comment section, go ahead and type, I've got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Cool, cool, cool. Galatians chapter 6, 9 and 10. The Bible reads and says, And let us not grow weary in doing good. It says, For in due season, somebody say due season. In due season, we will reap if we do not give up or some translations say if we do not faint verse 10 says so then as we have the opportunity let us do good to everyone somebody say everyone Ladi, daddy everybody <laughs> to everyone and especially to those who are of the household of faith what a powerful uh powerful two verses within this pericope bow your heads with me as we pray and get ready to jump in god i'm just so thankful for your goodness i'm so thankful for your grace thank you for everyone who is tuning in literally here now on facebook and youtube live i thank you so much lord god that you have opened their hearts and given us technology to be able to connect in this fashion and so lord i just pray that you open hearts that you open minds Lord, that you touch and meet us at the point of our need. Holy Spirit, use my mouth so much so that lives would be impacted. And while you're blessing us, God, we pray for the church uh, in our region. We remember all of the churches around the greater Toronto area, even out in uh, beyond, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord, for everyone right now who is preaching the gospel. They are our co-laborers. They are not our competition. And so we thank you for their success because it equals kingdom advancement for your glory in Jesus' mighty name. Let everyone say amen, amen, amen. Listen, this week, my dad, uh, my dad, who is my hero, um, he turned 85 years old. My dad turned 85 years old. If you see him, right, you would never guess that he is 85 years old. He has a full head of hair. He is not balding anywhere. He, you know, before this quarantine situation happened, he's working out in the gym multiple times a week. I mean, he preaches more than I do. He is, he is preaching multiple places all over the place. It's just, it's nuts. And so for those of you who wonder where I get you know, uh, all of this from whoever I am, you know, a large portion of it, you know, praise God is as a result of being, um, being around my dad and, and, and all of this. And I love bragging on him. And I, he's just, again, an amazing individual. Uh, I hope you get to meet him sometime. So listen, he turned 85 and I was cutting his hair today and I was talking with him, you know, um, around some things, you know, from the past and about his journey and, and just, it was nuts to me because in talking to him, one of the, the, the greatest things that I admire about him the most is his, his heart for people, his heart for those who are less fortunate. Uh, in fact, my son Noah, you know, shares this same, this same heart for people who are less fortunate. And, you know, and I thought about this because my dad, I'll never forget, there was a season I was actually born, although I was raised in Toronto. I'm a Scarborough man and I always talk about Scarborough and represent Toronto and all of that. You know, and I lived here for 17 years before moving away to uh, the United States. I was actually 
born, however, in New Jersey. I was born in Plainfield, New Jersey, and uh, that was where my parents had immigrated to, had migrated to from the West Indies. And, um, and so they ended up being married there and I was born there. However, when I was one, we relocated from the United States to Toronto, uh, to Scarborough, where I've lived and I went away for many years and came back and still I'm living in Scarborough, which is the east end of Toronto for those who um, are, are interested or wondering like, where's Scarborough? Scarborough is, is dope, so you just gotta come check it out. And so the thing is that my dad, when we first got here, he came with, um, with a plan, he and my mom, and a plan as to how things were going to go um, and how things would look. Uh, but when he got here, after a certain amount of time, it was they quickly realized that things, their plans, the, the plans that they had, the things that they thought were going to happen, they actually did not happen. I mean, I don't know about you. Have you ever been in a position where you made plans where you thought that certain things things were going to go a certain way and and you 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 may have even sacrificed and made a massive move i remember my family and i we did a similar thing where we moved from and you may have heard me share about this before uh, but if you're if you're new here then you probably have not but my family and i after living in in um in in michigan in western michigan for many years uh, my wife and I and our two boys, Gabriel and Noah, we picked up, this is before Claire got here, and we moved thousands of miles across the ocean to go to um, to California, to Southern California, where we lived for about two years, uh, based on what a plan that we thought uh, was going to work out. And when we got there, things were a little bit different. And so like that, my parents, they moved here to Toronto and for us and you know themselves and myself this is before my little sister was even born uh, and you know and things did not go as they had expected and so as a result as you can imagine this led to some hardship some financial difficulty and some things you know that did not happen as they had expected and I mean it's just nuts when I look back at this journey because you know, that was enough for someone to quit. That was enough for someone to throw in the towel. When I think about what they were facing, even for my dad as a man, what it looked like when you made a plan and you made a massive shift and a massive move, you know, and you are you are in a position where you're like, man, how in the world, how on earth am I going to make it? How am I going to take care of my family? How am I going to uh, progress is is God's plans for my life, you know, as a minister, are they over? Like, how, what is what is going to happen? And so, as a young child, I noted this and I witnessed this, and it's just I, I'm I'm grateful, although I didn't understand it in that season. I'm grateful that I was able to witness how my dad, as a man and as a follower of God, was able to navigate that situation and how he responded. And parents, I'm telling you, it's just nuts. This is a sidebar, but you would never realize the impact that it has on your children. You might think that they're just around, just playing Fortnite, just you know, messing with each other, doing foolishness, you know, around, especially in this quarantine season. But this is a opportunity where we are, I'm including myself because all three of my kids are home right now. We are under the magnifying glass. And right now, hey, I just feel this thing. Right now, especially, this is a season where God is displaying 
his character and his faithfulness through parents to their children. This is an opportunity where they get to see how you and I respond to what is going on right now. Because for many of you, it might not have been, and trust me, I'm going somewhere. I'm still unpacking my dad's story, but you know, uh, many of you, uh, COVID-19 and this coronavirus, it threw all your plans off. You know, it made things are like, you know, you had all this stuff in play. For some of you, you're wondering, what about all the people who prophesied? What's getting ready to happen and promises of God and all of this stuff? And for many of you, you're like, what on earth is going to happen now? And you've been thrown off your rocker. You have, you have just been, things are just going nuts and haywire in this moment. And you were not expecting to be quarantined. Can I get a witness? You were not expecting. And then for some of you, you're like, okay, they, 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 they might have been for 30 days or maybe I'll, I'll give it 30 or 45 and then they keep coming with all of these new you know orders and all of this sorts of stuff and you're like okay now what seemed to just be a month now is two months which is now becoming three months and now the kids aren't even going back to school and all the gatherings kept getting shorter and smaller and smaller and now they're they're even talking about enforcing it with police and all of this sorts of stuff it, you, you trust me I'm a witness that things, and, and so the, this might be the thing for you that really threw things off kilter and really got you to the place where, you know, where you're off your rocker. But this is also a grand opportunity for you to be able to display if you have kids to your children, if it's just you and your spouse to your spouse, if it's, if you're single and you're by yourself to the world and to your friends, Right. For you to display to the world and to your friends what it means to trust God in difficult times. And as I, I'm going to continue with my dad's story, but I want to before I even jump in, I want to tell you today, because I believe that the bold move that we're going to talk about today is faithfulness in difficult times. Is that is faithfulness in difficult times, practicing faithfulness in difficult times. Are you with me? In fact, in the comments, that's good enough to put faithfulness in difficult times. Faithfulness in difficult times. So one of the things that was amazing to me is that I saw my dad, watch this fam, like instead of being selfish, instead of being like, man, what are we going to do? This is whack. You know, maybe I'm going to revert and go back to where I came from and all this sorts of stuff and whatever. He says, you know what? Not only am I going to, because he had started studying nursing before he came here, but he also went despite what transpired. And I can't even go into all the story because of, of, of the, the magnitude of everything. But he went and he pushed on and he became an OR nurse. My dad's a pastor. He's been a pastor of probably over 50 years now, you know, and things did not go the way that he planned. He became an OR nurse. Not only did he become an OR nurse working and, and, and in this position, but he, but even in that time, right, when he continued to pursue his ministerial calling, right, he says, this is what I'm going to do. I am going to, I sense a call in the organization that he's a part of. He goes, I sense a call because he's really passionate about community service to start something from the ground up. So listen, in the middle of this time where he's facing hardship, where he's in a challenge, where things are not going the way that he expected, not only is he pursuing uh, his nursing to serve people in that capacity, but he also says, I'm going to use what I have in the time of difficulty. 
right? Because he wasn't able to do, he wasn't a nurse full time. He was doing it part time. And he goes, in the other time that I have, he says, I am going to take the resources that I have. And I'll never forget my dad. And I still to this day will see him and catch him every now and again, wrapping napkins and plastic forks together, parceling these things together. He started a homeless feeding program in downtown Toronto to start feeding homeless people. He started at on a small scale, ended up not only feeding hundreds of people, but then it went beyond just Toronto to other provinces and then beyond the provinces to the nation and not just the nation to now other nations around the world. And it all started by him saying, you know what? Even though I'm in a time of hardship, come on somebody, even though I'm in a time of difficulty, this does not negate the call of God on my life. Neither is it going to hinder me from operating and responding to the faithfulness of my God. And I believe that in this time, this, watch this, this is not, this season is not the nullification of God's promises over our lives. This is not a season that is hindering us from being able to win the championship because we already won the victory through Jesus. But this is a time and an opportunity this is this is a little pause button that has positioned us watch this to be able and the church where we can rise up come on somebody where we can rise up and display that our faithfulness to God is not attached to a building it's not attached to a season but our faithfulness to God is even going to be displayed and exemplified in times of difficulty I wonder if I have a witness because it's in these times especially that it is most impactful. What I've been able to see my dad accomplish and why I am so passionate, which is one of the massive most, which is one of the biggest reasons why I am so passionate is because in the time of difficulty, I saw him rise to the occasion and his difficulty did not eradicate his faithfulness. Oh my, I wonder if there's, so can I just preach off my dad's 85th birthday today? And I just preach on it because this is some good stuff for somebody here today and this is the thing I want you to understand because there's some of you and there's some of you who you have been been tempted to start succumbing right to unfaithfulness and to fear and to things that the enemy is presenting to you and I during this time and if I can just be honest and real oh most Definitely, I've been tempted. I'm not Superman out here. You know, it is times of difficulty where I sit and I'm like, oh man, are you serious? We got to still pay X, Y, and Z even though we're not using this, this, and that? Are you serious? How in the world are we going to deal with X, Y, and Z? You mean the lines are really this long? You mean, I mean, it's not a simple thing. Nonetheless, nonetheless, you know, every now and again, you just got to come back to the place where you remember who your God is. You remember who is for you. Come on, somebody. You remember that Jesus is still sitting the same place that he was yesterday. You know where that is? On the throne. And guess what? That means he still is in control and he still has a future for us. Come on. And that even if this world ends and heaven and earth passes away, that there's a new heaven and that there's a new earth. I wonder if I have 
many Bible readers that's coming and that's ahead of us. And as I've been saying, we've got hope that is beyond this world that we can cling to, that is built on nothing less than, can I have church in my living room, than Jesus' blood and righteousness? Come on, when your trust and your hope is built on Jesus, this stuff will not knock you off of your faithfulness, but you wake the faith up, come on, and get up off your blessed assurance and walk into everything that God has called you to. And so here it is, when we're talking about faithfulness, I love this because you know, this is there, there are a lot of things that we think are just assumed in Scripture that just should be there and that people should get, right? But I love this because the fact that the Apostle Paul is challenging the church at Galatia, uh, uh, which is in ancient Anatolia, which is central modern-day Turkey today, you know, the reason why he is challenging them is especially because of the fact that more than likely they need to remember, right, that they should not get wary. And so he's challenging them because like us and like even the story I'm sharing with my about my dad, that at times there will be scenarios and situations that will challenge us to get to a place where we are wary, right, in doing good. Because sometimes you're like, what's the point? If the world is ending, some of y'all feel like the world is ending. If it's all over, you know, what's the point? Why should I be kind to people? Why should I still live and be on, uh, be a witness? I mean, it looks like, I mean, is God, is God even really for us? Is God still here? Is God still, you know, and I just want to let you know this. God just poop somebody's party, but also just give somebody, just educate you a little bit because I don't know who's been telling you this, but I know that there are a lot of profiliers that are out there that will tell you that God only wants you to be blessed. And if you follow Jesus, it's only going to be good stuff. And God only promises us goody, goody gumdrops. Can I tell you that God does not promise us that everything is going to be good. God old, God actually promises us the opposite. He makes it clear. In this life, you will have tribulation. Come on, John 16, 33. In this life, you will have tribulation. But he says, I tell you these things so you can have peace, right? He says, but be of good cheer for all I have overcome the world. He promises and he declares and says, blessed are you when people insult you. Come on. All of these are things that are promised and he lets us know that this stuff, it think it not strange. Here it is, 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4. He makes it clear, think it, don't think it's strange when the fiery trial comes over you to test you. This is stuff that we prom that we're promised that we know about that are to come. And so for those of you who feel that God is not here because of your because of the trial that we're facing or that we ought to get stop witnessing or that we ought to stop being faithful because of what we're experiencing with COVID-19. No, baby, this instead is the time when we need to be the light. Light does its best work in darkness. Y'all don't make me cut up in this living room. Light does its best work in darkness. And this is especially the time when God needs you and I to be in a place of faithful. So our bold move today, past fear and intimidation, we're not letting fear hinder us from walking in bold faithfulness during this time. Faith, fear will not hinder me from walking in bold faithfulness during this difficult time. And this is it. So, so notice what the Apostle Paul tells him. He says in verse 9, let us not grow weary 
in doing good. In doing good. Watch this. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. Every season is not a harvest season. But the promise is that the harvest is coming. My God, every season is not a harvest season. But he says in due season, when my mom, my mom, you know, I, I grew up in uh, with a Beijing mother and a Beijing grandmother, right? And even my dad, my dad is a Guyanese. And these people, man, I'm telling you, my mom was just telling me today, there is my, my uh, wife was asking her, are you going to plant in the backyard this year? She's like, man, I don't know, but I can't look outside and see that grass and see that field just lying out there with nothing pl planted in it, right? And so they they are intentional about going in the backyard, them and making sport, right? They are always intentional about planting stuff. But when they plant seeds, right, they don't plant seeds and expect to see a harvest right away. There are days that are rainy thereafter. There are days where they're, that are windy thereafter but they plant the seed the seed is in the ground and they will show up even after the rain oh my even after the wind even after the challenge and they expect that there is going to be a harvest because they know that the wind and the rain the, uh, the rain especially actually will come towards benefiting and helping the thing to grow come on somebody and it does not and will not nullify or eradicate the harvest here it is this is point number one for you it's going to be on the screen and i want to encourage you because the apostle paul says that you will reap if you don't give up notice this point number one hardship can't hinder your harvest hardship can't hinder your harvest there's somebody here and you're like, I'm not going to be faithful. My faithfulness is being challenged in this season, even as it pertains to inviting people and connecting with people and doing good and loving on people in this season, you know, showing the love of Christ. As we talked last week about work it out, go check out uh, part six of the Bold Move series if you missed it. But we're challenging people to be witnesses because our work is our witness and people are impacted. And you may feel like, man, what's the point? People No, I'm telling you now especially is the time i'm telling you this these hard times people's hearts are open people's hearts are right you even watching right now you might be at the end of your rope i see you on the other side of this camera and i call out to you and i let you know that there is love that is here for you and god didn't promise that things are going to be easy god didn't promise that there things weren't going to be challenged challenging but i dare you to lean into god during this season and watch him give Give you peace that surpasses all understanding watch him blow your mind watch him blow your mind when you feel like blowing your brains out watch him blow your mind with peace when you feel like calling it quits I'm here to tell you that now is the time that we ought to be faithful and lean into God because the hardship can't hinder your harvest it don't matter what it looks like in between like I said the rain comes to help the harvest come to pass and there are seasons where it might seem like it's empty i mean even the seed in the ground you can't see it it disappears and it's in dirt but even while it's in dirt it's being nourished and there's some of you you're like man i don't even know what what happened to all the giving i was doing at church and i've been sowing into the kingdom financially and now you know i'm in a position where you know where things are where things are looking the way that they're look i'm here to tell you 
that fact that they put a pause on your job, can I just prophesy to somebody, does not mean that it is over for you. God is still a provider and he still will provide for you as you continue to be faithful even in times of hardship. Don't start flying off the handle. Don't stop giving in this season. Trust the Lord and watch him blow your socks off even in times of hardship. Can I just testify, man? I, I just feel like running around this place and I'm excited about this because this is my personal testimony especially and I've been able to see it in the lives of many in our church right now. I was testifying and I told you that God put in our heart that even before this COVID-19 season came, he said that those who are sowing into the kingdom, especially here at Surf City, that he's plugging the drain, that our seeds are plugging the drain, that our seeds are breaking cycles, and our seeds are creating generational wealth. And this, I'm not a prosperity guy. If you know me, you know I'm not one of those guys. I'm not the turn around seven times and all that. No, but in prayer time, this is what the Lord shared over Serve City. And some of you, you're like, oh my, are you serious? You know, like, I, what, what happened to all that? I'm telling you, it's still in effect. And up to today, my wife and I, we got a testimony. We've been hearing of that this lady, everyone got laid off of her job except her. Come on. This is somebody that's faithful and giving at the church. And we've been hearing countless, just testimony after testimony of God's faithfulness. You might even have got laid off of your job. But God, even with you being laid off of your job, we've been still hearing testimonies of God's faithfulness. I dare you to keep being faithfulness because hardship can't hinder your harvest. There's somebody that's watching and you're thinking, I've lost opportunities. I've lost opportunities. I've, there are things that I was supposed to get or, or doors that were open and now they're closed because of COVID-19. What on earth do you think? Since when is COVID-19 your savior? Since when is COVID-19 your Lord? How many of you know that COVID-19 cannot hinder or stop? The devil in hell cannot hinder or stop the plans that God has for your life. And so if God had a plan for you, if if God wants you to walk through a door, guess what? That door might be closed right now, but after COVID-19, I dare you to keep your eyes open because you'll watch and see that door swing open. I just feel the spirit of prophecy. Somebody that's watching even right now and you're ready to throw in the towel because you think because that business deal fell through right now that this is the, the time for you to quit and stop being faithful and you being in a place where you're like, oh God cannot be with me right now and oh no, look, I lost this opportunity. I'm here to tell you that for some of you, COVID-19 is actually the merciful hand of God stopping you from walking into some stuff that you were praying and direction about, but now the door is closed because of the coronavirus and it has hindered you from walking into a trap. Can I just talk about this thing today? Somebody that feels like, like God stopped being God. I'm here to tell you. That's why I love it because this is where the rubber meets the road. I'm not, I'm not I'm not out here bawling. I'm not out here shot calling. I'm in a position where I'm trusting God just like you, but I've been able to see it not only in my life, but that of my parents' life. And I've been able to see it also in the life of our church family, that God is faithful. And when we continue to trust him, even in times of difficulty, that he comes through not once, not twice, not three times, not a thousand times. He comes through every single time. Why? 
because he is a he is a faithful God and my harvest is attached to his faithfulness. Somebody right there where you are, you ought to just give the Lord some praise. Put those hands together for his faithfulness. Open your mouth. I dare you to wake up your neighbors. I dare you to get them upset because you've given the Lord praise. Open those mouths. Instead of banging that music, I want you to open your mouth right now. Clap those hands and give God the praise because great, hey, I feel it. Great is his faithfulness. Come on, somebody. And so listen, Listen, I love it. I love it. I love it because, you know, when we're talking about this and we're, we're, we're getting ready to talk about as we're going into the Passion Week because and today is Palm Sunday. And, and this is this is even relevant in this regard. And I'll show you in a moment. But look, so he makes it clear and says, don't get weary in doing good for in due season. We will reap if we don't give up. And that's the thing right there. There are many of you who are at the point of quitting. And the thing is, God is, is, is challenging me to tell you, and I feel it so strong in my heart, don't give up. Don't be unfaithful in this season. Because, see, this might be the dark season, right? This might be the time. Because remember, there's seed, there's time, and then there's harvest. This might be the time season where the seed is in the ground, and for those of you that this is a perfect time for you to be faithful in your doing well, in your loving on people, in your sowing into the kingdom of God, because realize and understand if you don't quit, there will be a harvest. But if you quit, if you abandon the field, if you say, forget it, if you just say it's over, if you say I'm done with it, this will be the time. This time next year when you go and when you see people being blessed and you're looking at them like, wait, but you lost, but you didn't have, but I didn't see and all that. And they're like, well, listen, what happened was is that in that season, I decided to cling on to God. Come on. When you were clinging on to feelings, I decided, decided to cling on to faith when you were clinging on to fear and consequently look at the harvest that is in my life. And I don't know what the harvest looks like in your life. I'm I'm not talking about Bentleys. I'm not talking about cars. There's some things that my wife and I are believing God for that he has put on our heart and he has promised us and we have sowed into and we continue. Hey, we continue to sow into it and I'm believing. I'm believing that his word is going to come to pass in my life. Come on. And here it is. Point number two. I want to give you point number two with this in mind. So not only can't hardship hinder my harvest, but here it is. Point number two. Hardship is an opportunity for God to demonstrate that his faithfulness is not fair weather. Come on, somebody. Hardship is an opportunity for God to demonstrate that his faithfulness is not fair weather. Come on. In fact, in the comments, you ought to put it, God's faithfulness is not fair weather. God's faithfulness is not fair weather. Do I got a witness? You know those type of friends that are in your life? Come on. That they're only there when stuff is going well. In my dad's story, that was also something that I noticed even as a young child, being able to witness in all of this. And in my own life, if you live long enough and you have enough relationships, you'll realize, fam, that there are people who are in your life that the only reason that they are there is for stuff to when stuff is going well. In fact, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the prodigal son and I shared with you around that story 
and you know and you can go check that message out who's the prodigal some really uh, I believe some impactful insight is in there for you but that whole story and he goes out and he does what he does and he's squandering his money he's using it in reckless living and riotous living and then guess what the famine hits the land and all the boy them are gone fam and he's out there by himself by him self right and so there are fair weather people but i'm so glad oh my i'm so glad that god's faithfulness is not fair weather there is hope that is beyond this world i keep talking about it in jesus and he is coming back to make all things new and we are to be living our lives for the future and not as escapists not as individuals that are always just living to get away from here but with that in focus and in view to the point where we are not sidetracked come on from from the faithfulness of God by the fear that the enemy proposes. So this is an opportunity. God's faithfulness is not fair weather. Come on. It's especially meant to be demonstrated in times of difficulty. I love the fact that we see this exemplified throughout scripture. We see it always. This is a perfect opportunity for God to demonstrate this in our lives with this coronavirus season. And it's something that I believe is impactful for us today. When you think about people like Daniel's friends, Daniel, in the Bible, he was a man of God and they were in Babylonian captivity. And the Bible makes it clear that there was a king called Nebuchadnezzar who was in a position where he wanted them to worship him. For those who are new to Bible or even for those who know this story, I hope that it will be impactful. Daniel is in the first half of the Bible and it's a story uh, and it chronicles so many powerful things including prophecy that has been fulfilled historically and is still being fulfilled in our time today. But Daniel and his friends, his friends especially, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, they end up being in a position where they are threatened, their life is threatened, and they're being threatened to be thrown into a fire if they do not bow down to a statue. And the Bible makes it clear in Daniel chapter 3, verses 8 through 30. Daniel chapter 3, verses 8 through 30. And so they're here where Nebuchadnezzar is challenging them that they need to bow down to this image and essentially of, of himself and you know or he's going to throw them into fire but look at the faithfulness of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego the bold faithfulness that they exemplify in verse 17 and 18 this is their response to the king and I, I, I wonder if there's anybody that will raise up and respond like this look at what they say they say if it be so right our God whom we serve is able. Somebody say he's able in the comments. Just type he's able. He's able, watch this, to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he, watch their faith, will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. Watch this. We need to have faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're in a position where they are being faced. Their lives are being threatened. And they are like, listen, king, we believe that God is going to deliver us out. And by faith, we declare that he will. But even if he doesn't, watch this. But even if he doesn't, come on, somebody. We are not going to bow 
bow to your dumb idol because our allegiance is to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Our allegiance is to the God that is not of this world, not that is greater than your idol. Our allegiance is to this God, and so we are not going to bow to your idol. Come on, somebody. And so what would you know it that later on they get thrown into the fire? And because of their allegiance to God, God's faithfulness is put on display in a fire. <laughs> God's faithfulness is put on display in a fire. So God doesn't promise that they're not going to get thrown in the fire, but they are thrown in the fire. And watch this. The people who put them in the fire. The fire was so hot because the king turned it up hotter than it was supposed to be, that it consumed the people who were around the furnace, but it did not consume them. And the Bible makes it clear that once this fire got going, that when the king went and looked and saw that they were not uh, in this position where they were bound, you, I encourage you to go ahead and read and continue reading this because even in chapter four, King Nebuchadnezzar ends up praising and giving glory to God because of his deliverance of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He says, we put three men bound in there and now we see four men loose and one looks like the son of God. Oh my, I just think that's so powerful that God doesn't promise that we won't get thrown into the fire, but hardship and challenging time. Come on, COVID-19. COVID-19, the coronavirus, is a perfect opportunity for God to demonstrate his faithfulness to the world. And so all it takes is for us as individuals to declare and make the bold move of faith in the middle of hardship and watch God reveal himself to your neighbors. Watch God to reveal himself. I feel this thing to your children. Watch God reveal this thing to yourself because I wonder, I can only imagine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they put on this faith display by the grace of God. But imagine what it was like when they got in there. They were bound, but God came right there in the fire and loosed them to the point where the people who were on the outside and that were witnessing their hardship, the people who were even responsible for throwing them in there had no choice but to get to a place where they had to praise God. The king had to praise God because of the faithfulness of God while Chadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fire. Man, who is waiting on the outside of your fiery furnace? Watch this. Who's waiting on the outside? Who is it that God's desire is to reveal his faithfulness to? Not just to you, but to those who are on the outside. Who is it that God is going to use this hardship that we are in the middle of it. Come on, Easter. Who is it that God wants to demonstrate his faithfulness this week as you're getting ready to invite people to Easter in the middle of this hardship? And they're looking like you at you like, are you serious, fam? You still thinking about Jesus? You still thinking about God in the middle of this COVID-19? You still thinking about God when all of these people are sick and all this stuff is going on? And you're like, yes, you know why? Because the faithfulness of my God is not confined to good times. It's not just fair weather. Come on. But he's good even in difficult times. And guess what? I serve a God that's a provider even in hard times. Come on. I serve a God that's Jehovah Rapha even in hard times, which means the Lord that heals your diseases. Who Who's talking with me on here today? I want to encourage you. You serve a God who can make ways out of no way. Can, I, can we just talk about it? Make ways out of no way. Open doors that no man can shut. Even and yet in 
still in the middle of difficult times. He's still God. He's still good even in difficult times. And his promise still stands. I hear elevation worship. Great is his faithfulness. I know that a breakthrough is coming by faith. I see a miracle. Come on. My God made me a promise and it won't stop now it's not going to stop because of COVID-19. COVID-19 can't stop it. Swine flu can't stop it. Come on, H1N1 can't overthrow it. I wonder if there's anybody that knows about the anthrax. You don't even remember. Some of y'all don't even remember anthrax, the bubonic plague, the persecution of the church. None of that can stop it because the faithfulness of God is here to be demonstrated, especially in times of difficulty. If you believe it, I dare you to to put those hands together. I see you with those tears running down your face. You ought to open your mouth and give the Lord praise right there in your living room, right there in your bed. You ought to give him praise for his faithfulness. His desire is to demonstrate his faithfulness in the midst of this challenging time. Don't let the devil, don't you dare let the devil take your faith away and replace it with fear. And I've been telling the church this, and I'm going to tell you this, and I've been telling people this, God, God can do more with your faith than Satan can with your fear. Satan on his best day can't do more with your fear than God can do with your faith. I dare you to put your faith in the hands of the one that formed the world with the words out of his mouth. I dare you. Come on, ex nihilo, out of nothing. I dare you to put your faith in the hands of the man that was able to blow some breath into dust and create man and turn him into a living soul. I dare you to put your faith in the hands of that individual and watch what he can do with it. Come on, that fear is tearing you apart. That fear is jacking you up. That fear is messing you up more than if the thing that you fear actually was to happen in your life. But I wonder if there's somebody that can praise God right there with me. Glory to the name of Jesus because his faithfulness is true and he can do more with your faith than the devil can do with your fear. Come on, put those hands together and give the Lord some praise. Listen, man, it's powerful because it's especially about all who you know. Look, man, and some of us, we are in the position where God can use us and he desires to use us even to speak truth to power and to then demonstrate his glory and his power to people in high-ranking positions, just as did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and then even people in the Bible like Joseph. There's a guy named Joseph, for those who are new to Bible, and you know, his story is especially early on in the Bible, and Joseph is an individual individual, you know, uh, the Bible makes it clear in Genesis 41, you should go check it out, that Pharaoh, who was the, the ruler of Egypt, that Pharaoh was in a position where he was having some dreams and God's trying to communicate some stuff to Pharaoh during this time. And he's having some dreams. Nobody is able to interpret the dreams. And someone that Joseph served in a prison, remembered about his faithfulness. I'm trying to help somebody. <laughs> remembered about his faithfulness in the prison and his operation in the dark time. 
and God uses Joseph because uh, this person tells the, the tells Pharaoh, there's someone that I know that can interpret your dream. And God causes uh, Joseph to come and Joseph is able to interpret the dream of Pharaoh and tells him that a famine is coming. And then when he tells him that a famine is coming, he says, this is what you need to do to be able to prepare for this famine so that you can be able to deal with it. And what God was doing through all of that is that ultimately, if you read the story, that God ends up preserving Joseph's family because Joseph was faithful and Joseph was being able to be used, watch this, in a time of famine, a time of difficulty to, uh, to be able to give counsel. He's operating to give counsel, which ends up preserving his family, which in a roundabout way, which you'll learn about if you continue watching, he ends up using Joseph's line to be able to bring Jesus into the world as the savior of the world. But it all started with Joseph's faithfulness in every season. Joseph was faithful in a prison. Come on, in a difficult time. He said, God, I'm in this prison, but your favor, your favor is still with me because the chapters preceding that. And it was to the place where one of the people forgot Joseph. Come on. But the fact of the matter is that later on, it was remembered because of his faithfulness. And somebody right now in this season of hardship, you may feel overlooked. You may feel like you were betrayed. That's the word that I hear. You may feel like it's over for you, but I challenge you to be faithful even in this dark season that may seem like you're a prison. We literally are trapped in our homes right now. There's so we can't go in there. They're even sending out enforcement to try and patrol and make this happen. But this may be the season. This may be the time in these months where God needs you to make the bold move to lean in and be faithful in this season because he's trying to set you up. The faithfulness of today is going to give you the victory tomorrow. My God, the today's battles are often won because of yesterday's faithfulness. And that's some powerful stuff for us to see on today. And so I don't know who I'm talking to because like I said, everybody talking about where's the prophets and what are they saying and what are they, I'm telling you, I can act, if you open, first of all, if you just open your eyes, you can see how God's hand is in so much of what's going on in your life. If you are a believer, if you are following God, now especially is the time where we're seeing Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good that to them that love God. I'm believing people are getting promotions during this season. I'm hearing testimonies of it. I mean, I'm hearing about people getting jobs and all sorts of stuff in this time where people are being laid off who are not following God. I guarantee you, if you open your eyes, you can see God's faithfulness. If you read your Bible, you can see God's faithfulness. Too many of us running to and fro after prophets, looking for a word from this person and from that person. When God has already spoken in his word, there are so many things that he has already said in his Bible. In his word and this compilation of 66 books, come on, written by over 40 authors over about a 1500 year period of time on three continents, Asia, Africa, and Europe. And there are many of them never meeting physically, but writing in harmony. Talk about physicality not being a hindrance to the work of God coming to pass. My God, woo Yo, that's some good stuff right there, man. I want you to get this. Many of them never even met physically. They couldn't be in the same room 
but God used them. My God, God used them to be able to accomplish his plan. I don't know. I feel the Holy Ghost. I wonder who I'm talking to right now. This uh, who's, who's watching this right now. What can God use? What is God using you today to do? To sow into the fabric of history or the fabric of his story that one day, it's going to turn around and be used as a glory to him and to be a testimony of his faith. I hear Abraham, and I was talking about this recently this week. Abraham, he's in a position where he receives a promise from God about a son. Come on, his son's name is Isaac, and God miraculously gives he and his uh, wife, Sarah, uh, a, a son when Abraham turns 100 years old. This, this is miraculous, and, 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 and this is powerful, such a testimony to God's glory and God's ability to impregnate those who are infertile and that's a word for somebody right there because I believe that God's going to do it for you I've seen him do it in our church and even in our life but watch this God then comes after and tests Abraham and says I want you to sacrifice your son and then he tells him in this moment he goes I want you to sacrifice your son unto me as a burnt offering and Abraham in that moment he's like what on earth why would you tell me to do this but he believed he believed that God would not have made this promise to him if he was not planning to accomplish the plan come on and so he says I'm gonna go through with this I'm gonna go and do it and so I don't know what the Lord is gonna do but I'm believing that he is going to bring me out so he goes and in the middle of this time when he's getting ready and he raises his knife in the air and is prepared to sacrifice his son can I preach this thing like I feel it uh, there's an angel that calls out to him and says Abraham don't do it and he stays his hand is stayed and he is unable to sacrifice his son and then he looks over in the bushes and sees that there is a sacrifice that is in the bush and trust me especially we're coming up on the passion weekend and they're there we're getting ready for Easter. There are gospel ramifications. God was preaching the gospel to Abraham right there. Come on. That it was not by his works, but that God was going to provide a sacrifice. And we know the gospel through Jesus Christ. It was pointing forward to the Messiah who would come and would be slain for our sins, for our errors, for our mistakes. The greatest display of love that we have ever seen in earth's history was getting ready to come. And this was preached through that moment but not only this but we also learn this is where God reveals himself to Abraham as Jehovah Jireh the Lord will provide a sacrifice we sing about how God is Jehovah Jireh we sing about how he is our provider we talk about the gospel and how God provided a sacrifice in Jesus for our sins but we wouldn't know none of this if it was not for Abraham's sacrificial moment, my. And so today, thousands and thousands of years later, we are celebrating God as Jehovah Jireh. Come on, somebody. We are celebrating him as Jehovah Jireh, all because of what took place in Abraham's life. What is God trying to reveal to the world through your situation? How can God use your faithfulness and my faithfulness in this season in response to his faithfulness to be able to demonstrate this to the world that he is not just good in good times but he's also good in challenging times I love it I love this I love this and so this is why the apostle Paul he's encouraging the church at Galatia he's saying to them he's saying don't get wary in doing good he says for in due season you will reap 
if you don't give up. Help me to preach this, Lord. And that's why he says, so then as you have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone. So number one, we are supposed to do good for to everyone. There is to, to everybody. It's a blanket statement. We're not to discriminate. But look at what he says, especially to those who are of the household of faith. There are some people, and I've been guilty of this in the past, and I've had friends who have rebuked me and have told me that, you know what, you have treated others better than you have treated us. And oftentimes, because we want to win the approval of others and we get a spirit of familiarity with uh, those who are in our circle of influence, we sometimes will treat others better than we do those who we know and those who we are close to. When in actuality, if we're showing love to anyone, we ought to show love to the people who are in our midst. I believe it's Jesus. Jesus declares in John 13, 35, that people will know that we are his disciples or his followers by the love that we show one to another. And so it's not about people. He didn't say people are going to know that we're his disciples by the love that we show to people who are on the outside, but especially to the love for the love that we show to people who are uh, our brothers and who are our sisters, those who we are walking alongside. And so oftentimes we're guilty of this, where we show, we treat people less that we're close to. Even for those of you, there are many of you who treat your pastors because they're your pastors. You have a spirit of familiarity with them. And so you don't honor them. You will go and you will love on every other pastor. You will big them up. If they come to town, you will run, you will pay, you will give your firstborn to go there to sit in a meeting and receive a prophecy, but you will not. And I'm not even just talking about myself. I'm talking about those of you who are watching, who may belong to other ministries. You love on every other pastor, but when your pastor says, Hey, can you come and serve? Or Hey, can you do X, Y, and Z? Or even they're just laboring among you in love and they're loving on you and all of this and you will go and show everybody else love and I'm not complaining I'm not complaining I'm not talking about myself but I'm saying this is the way that we often will do where we'll love on everyone else but we'll treat others like those who are close to us because of a spirit of familiarity we'll treat them like trash and so we're saying don't be don't be only focused on out people should not be seeing us doing friendly fire come on while we're talking about we're gonna go out and reach and love on others and so it's our desire to make sure and it should be our desire to make sure that we are loving on brothers and sisters in Christ and doing good in this regard because and it should not be over because the buildings are closed or because of the season and the situation that we're in because God's faithfulness is not attached to our circumstances. And so let me give you point number three. Let me give you point number three. And then I want to just tie this thing all together. Because look at this. He encourages their continued faithfulness. And their continued generosity to one another. Knowing and with the promise that there will be harvest in due season. And here it is. Here it is. Point number three. I just want to encourage you around this. Uh, let God's faithfulness fuel your faith for the future, right? So for those of you who are feeling like quitting and the bold move I'm challenging you around today is to continue to be faithful in difficult times. Let God's faithfulness fuel fuel your faith for the future. The reason why you need to keep going is because God has proven to you in the past, come on, that 
he is faithful and that if he promised you something that he is going to bring it to pass and that hardship cannot take that away for some of you you really need to stop and think about it there's some of you that God has done stuff in the past and you're saying when was he faithful to me first of all you are alive come on somebody in fact that's good enough to put in the comments but I'm alive that's reason number one can I give you number two you're alive come on somebody number three you're alive he has been faithful to you you have been through difficult things before there are things I'm watching somebody right now I know you know and I know there are things that should have taken us out a long time ago there's stuff you and you lost that loved one and you felt like it was over and you felt like you weren't going to make it through when you lost that job and you were wondering how are you going to eat come on do I have a witness and he came through as Jehovah Jireh the Lord who provides when you were wondering how you were going to make it out of that financial debt and God gave you the wisdom and sent strategic people in your life to assist you with the tools that were necessary to be able to get out of that financial pit. Do I got a witness that has somebody that has seen God's faithfulness in the past? I'm telling you, let that fuel your faith for the future, even in these difficult times, because God is still at work. My God, he's still at work, even in difficult times times. And so I, I want to talk about this as we bring the plane down for a landing. We're in a position where we're beginning the Passion Week. And here we are because we're talking, today is Palm Sunday when Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And he's announcing himself as the Messiah, the Savior of the world and the Savior of the Jews. You know, and he's in this position where he rides in right after he does an incredible miracle. He raises Lazarus from the dead with his word. As a guy that's been dead for four days. Shortly after this, and th the powerful thing about the triumphal entry is that it is, it is recorded in all four accounts of the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four of them talk about it. Some include different details. Some of them include, uh, just summarize it. Uh, but we see it in all of them. And so this indicates that it was something that was imperative for us to know. Now, I think this is just a powerful story because as we're talking about it, note this, note this. The, the fact is, when we're because some of us, we're in a position, we're like, you know what? Uh, you know, my hardship, my hardship, I, I would do good, but hardship is hindering me. But every one of us has the opportunity. Like I said with my dad, you know, my dad was in a position where he allowed God to use him. In that moment, he was innovative. He says, you know, I'm going to pull from the past. I'm going to take this nursing degree. I'm going to serve in this capacity. I'm going to grab some napkins and some things and some food and put some stuff together and collect some items and bring things together to start feeding and blessing people. He's starting where he is and God is able to use him because God's faithfulness in the past was fueling his faith for the future. And so this is a powerful story because I'm going to look at Luke 19. In Luke 19, this is something that happens here in verse uh, 29 and onward. The Bible says, uh, when he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two disciples. Everybody say two disciples. I hear you. Two disciples saying, go into the village in front of you where on entering you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever yet sat. So this is a brand new colt, a donkey. Untie it and bring it here. 
If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You will say this, the Lord has need of it. So powerful. So in this moment, God, Jesus just raises Lazarus from death. He is getting ready to make a triumphal entry into Jerusalem. He is beginning to get to the place where he is fulfilling his purpose. Watch this. And his purpose is to die for the sins of mankind. See, sometimes the purpose is not always this glitz and glamour. And many of us always run around talking about my destiny, my destiny, my destiny. People like Martin Luther King Jr. and others that we see throughout the world that God used mightily, come on, even in death. Sometimes, sometimes the most difficult things that we face in life, that God uses those as destiny moments. But on his way to walking out and carrying out his destiny, Jesus sends the disciples to go and get a donkey. And then he tells them because he's fulfilling scripture. And I'm going to show you this in a minute. But look at this. The disciples have to be faithful in this moment. And they're like, okay, sure. Like, why, why would he not go? I can imagine and just think if I can use my sanctified imagination, why would he not go and get a stallion? Why would he not go and get, you know, the black stallion? Who watched that show? Did you watch the show when you were growing up? <laughs> Why did why wouldn't he come in on this sort of a, a with pomp and circumstance, you know? But no, they they decide that they're going to go. And in fact, in the book of John, it makes it clear. In John's account of this story, it makes it clear that they didn't even realize they didn't even realize what it was that was happening. And because in John chapter twelve verse sixteen says his disciples did not understand these things at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that, that these things had been written about him and had been done by him. So while they're doing this stuff, while they're being faithful in this moment, who knows what they're thinking? They're probably like, I don't even get this. I'm about to go and go get a donkey for Jesus to come and ride on. And it's somebody's new donkey. And then when they ask, who is it that's asking or why are you taking it? I'm going to tell them that Jesus had, the Lord has need of it. Okay, but they're faithful and they go in this moment. Bible says in 32, so those who those who were sent went away and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, Jesus, just as Jesus said, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks at the colt, they set Jesus on it and he rode along and they spread their cloaks on the road. And not only did they spread their cloaks on the road, but they also put down palm leaves. And this is where we get Palm Sunday. And these people are in this position where they are praising God and they're crying out in verse 38. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This is nuts, man. I mean, it's amazing. What an extravagant display. But there's some things I want to talk about. If we're talking about being faithful, the disciples had to be faithful in that moment to go, even though they didn't understand in the moment, to not lean to their own understanding, but to go and get this donkey. And then not only this, but this is powerful because the owner had to be willing to give the donkey up. He could have been like, nah fam, this is my new coat. I know that, that such and such got a stallion. I know that this person has what they have, but this is my new coat. So I'm going to use 
my coat, know whoever the Lord is, if he's the Lord, what? No, but he, the, the owner of the coat, was faithful in that moment to release that coat. Come on, to say yes and allow for that coat to go to be used in the service of the Lord so that he could fulfill scripture. It's so powerful. I think that, you know, even when we're thinking about, can God use me? And I'm telling you, as it pertains to being faithful and using what you have and allowing God's faithfulness in the past to fuel your faith for the future. Watch this. It's nuts because Jesus used a donkey. He did not use a stallion. A horse and a stallion was not needed. Why? 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 Ask me why because a cult is what was required for him to fulfill scripture. So not only, watch this, were the disciples faithful, right? They didn't need, he didn't need them to bring us horse. He, and, and not only was the owner faithful in releasing the cult, but the reason why is because he was fulfilling scripture. You don't believe me? Look, John chapter 12, verse 12 through 19, in John's account, watch this, Bible makes it clear in verse 14, and Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it just as it was written. There was a messiah prophecy. Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the Savior of the Jews, and he was prophesied in the book of Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9. This was about the Messiah, that he would come and do this. Watch this. Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Come on. Jesus didn't need a stallion in that moment. He needed a donkey. Come on. And so the disciples just had to be faithful to go and get what it was that was needed for the fulfillment of scripture in that moment. And that faithfulness come on in them going and bringing the donkey and the owner releasing the donkey uh, put Jesus in a position where he was used where it was used to be able to bring glory to God and fulfill scripture my God and push Jesus into the place of destiny man God wants to fulfill scripture in your life God is trying to fulfill scripture in the earth and he doesn't need for you sometimes to bring what you consider is the best God God has oftentimes put in our circle of influence everything that we need to be able to accomplish the fulfillment of his plan and purpose in our lives to carry Jesus <laughs> to carry Jesus, to be able to declare that he is the Messiah, that he is the King of Kings, that he is the Lord of Lords. And so I said all that to say on this Palm Sunday, to not to get to the place where you are weary in well-doing. You might think that what you have is just a donkey or a colt, but I'm here to tell you that you have everything you need right now in your circle of influence to a Accomplish what God has called you to do in the earth so that you can present Jesus to the world in a way that they will cry Hosanna. Come on, somebody. And even if they end up shouting crucify him, there are people that are around that won't join in the crowd saying crucify him, but they will be able to see Jesus in your life and decide to put trust and faith in him. Who is with me on this morning? And so I, I just want to 
encourage you around that. Give Jesus. If all you got is a donkey, give it to Jesus. Come on. Because let him ride on it. Come on. Somebody in the comments say, let him ride. Let him ride. Just let Jesus ride in on that donkey. If all you got is a few can of beans, do some good with those can of beans. If all you are, are is a tenioneer, take that $10, go ahead and sow it into the kingdom. Let Jesus ride on it. Come on. That, I think that's the name of this message. Let Jesus ride. Let Jesus ride on whatever you have. All you got is a cell phone. Come on. You can't leave your house. Pick up that phone. Let Jesus ride on your cell phone. Come on. All you got is a phone camera. All you got and you can just sit there and let Jesus ride on your Instagram. Let Jesus ride on your Facebook. Come on. Let Jesus ride in your house. Let Jesus ride through some gift cards. Let Jesus ride through some Amazon Prime gifts. Let Jesus ride through some Starbucks gift cards. Let Jesus ride through you sending some masks to some first responders. Who am I talking to? Let Jesus ride. Come on. So that people can see his goodness and give him the glory. And most importantly, realize hardship. What it does is all it does is it brings out what's on the inside of us. And there are many of you and there are many of us that have been declaring that we are generous people. We've been declaring that we're generous people, but in hard times, in hard times, it truly shows what's on the inside. Here I'm ending with these toothpastes. As we talk about letting Jesus ride, you know, this is my kid's toothpaste. You could not pay me. Listen, fam, and don't judge me, but you could not pay me a million dollars to utilize my kid's toothpaste. <laughs> It is just, I, I don't even, I'm even just taking a risk holding it. Just the way that they handle it, the way that they deal with it, it is just nuts, right? This is my toothpaste right here. See how, see how nice and clean it is and all that? Okay, wonderful. Uh, but the thing about toothpaste is that, you know, some of you, you're, you're ready to lose your marriage over folding it up or squeezing it. I don't know if you're a squeezer. I don't know if you're a roller. If when it gets to the low part or whatever. But the bottom line is that with toothpaste, come on, it don't matter what it says on the outside. Come on. It's not until you squeeze it. It's when pressure is applied. Somebody say pressure. It's when pressure is applied that the stuff that's on the inside is the stuff that will come to the outside. When pressure, when it's all by itself, come on, it can't do nothing when it's still in the container. But it's not until there's pressure on it that it comes out come on and some of you are generous some of you are the greatest most generous people but then there's some of you who are posers but then when you squeeze it air comes out but for those of you who have a generous heart there is stuff inside of you that God wants to bring out and this pressure is not to break you come on but I dare you to let him ride I dare you to let him ride on this situation I dare you to let him ride with you in the fire and watch lives be impacted for his glory. Come on, somebody. If that message was a blessing to you, I dare you to go ahead and you put those hands together and give the Lord praise if you're going to let him ride. Come on. In the comments, I dare you to put, I'm going to let him ride. I'm going to let him ride. I'm going to let him ride. Come on. Come on. I'm going to let him ride. Well, listen, uh, the reason why we let him ride, some of you, you're saying, I'm let him ride and you don't even have relationship with him. And this is why we're doing what we're doing. And so I want to lean in in this moment. And I want to call you and encourage you to not just let Jesus ride on your life, but let him be the Lord of your life. And so if you, if Jesus is not the boss of you, if you have not begun a relationship with him, if you were to die today and you don't know if you'd be going to heaven or to hell, I'm here to tell you that today you can know 
you can have assurance that no matter what happens to you in this life, that you can have hope beyond this world by putting trust and faith in Jesus. Some are saying, why would I do that? What did he do for me? Well, listen, Bible makes it clear that we inherited something called sin because of the mistakes of our first parents, Adam and Eve. And what they did was they disobeyed God and consequently, just like high blood pressure, just like diabetes, which all are a result of sin anyway, you know, alcoholism and all these things that sometimes are passed down in a hereditary fashion. So it is with sin. And the Bible makes it clear in Romans 6, 23, that the wages of sin is death. We weren't meant to die, but death is happening because of sin. But the good news is the second part of that verse, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus came, he, he lived perfectly because he knew that you and I could and then he died, he died, he died for the sins of mankind. This is especially what we put concentrated uh, celebratory measures in place for in this coming weekend. The death and the burial, he was buried. But not only did he was he buried, but on the third day, bright and early, he got up from the grave with all power in his hands because he was God in flesh. God came and he, he, he took our place and God in flesh died, but he was still God. And so he was able to get up from death. Come on. And now he extends to us the opportunity to have eternal life, hope beyond this world. And all we have to do is respond to his love with our faith. And the Bible says that when you do that and you ask him to be Lord of your life, that you will be saved, saved from hell, saved from death. Even when you die, you won't die. You die, but you go to be with Jesus and you go to be with Jesus forever. That's a, an amazing promise. You get to be with God forever if you would just put trust and faith in him. So today I want to offer you that invitation. If that person is you and you do not have a relationship with Christ, I want to offer this to you right now. And so where you are right now, I, I, I see you on the other end of this screen. I, I, I just, I'm so excited about the decision that you've made in this moment. If you're like, that's me, I'm responding to Christ for the first time. Or if you're someone who responded to this message that I've shared a long time ago, you've put trust and faith in Christ and the cares of life, the hardship of life have caused you to walk away and to start living for yourself and rebelling against your Lord. And today you're like, I want to come back home. I want to invite you too to come back home today. And so whether it's your first time or you're coming back home, I want to lead a prayer of commitment. If you're like, I've made that decision. I've responded to this message and today is my day. I want you right where you are to bow your heads, close your eyes, where you are. This is between me, you and God. And if that person is you and you're like, today I've made this decision for the first time or I'm coming back home. I want you to pop that hand up on the count of three. If this person is you, here you are. One, two, three. Come on, pop that hand up. I see you in the spirit, that hand that is raised right where you are. Jesus loves you just the way that you are. You don't got to get it together. He loves you. Now I want you to put that hand out if that person is you. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And I want you to mean it with all of your heart, this prayer of commitment. We say, God, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins and rising from death with all power. Come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Be with me now and forevermore. 
Forgive me of my sins and make me new. And I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. You ought to just celebrate. That's the best decision that you have ever made. Come on, everybody. Even if you are saved right where you are, can we give God praise for those who just made decisions for Jesus as well? Come on. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, I dare you to go crazy on the hearts and on the likes. Come on. In the comments section, say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We give God glory for those decisions today. And so I thank you so much for tuning in. And I can't wait to be able to share a Good Friday and Easter experience with you on this coming week. God bless you.